Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life for this Tuesday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and glad to have you along for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Can you believe last day of August? And for me, that usually means, I know it's not technically, I know it's not technically the end of summer, but it, it normally, you know, last day of August, last day of summer is kind of what's in my mind. And that's probably from growing up, you know, in a culture where, June, July, and August are those summer months where you get the break from school and kids are going back to school at this point right now, end of August, beginning of uh, September. But here we are, last day of August. Uh, When's the last time that you were at a concert or a show or even maybe a major sporting event? The last time that you went to some decent-sized, fairly big venue and you watched some live event or some live performance? Has it been a while? Has it been over a year now with the pandemic since you've been able to go to any live performances? One of the last concerts that I had the opportunity to see was the summer before COVID hit. My wife and I, we were able to take our four oldest kids to see Paul McCartney, the Beatle. And it was held in a sports stadium. There were almost 50,000 people there. That's what the news said the next day. All crammed in there together, watching Sir Paul and his band perform many of those classic Beatles hits and, and of course, other songs, you know, things that he'd written after the Beatles, along with Wings, some of the, uh, his solo things. Um, but there was a lot of Beatles. Uh, Paul McCartney and his band that night, they played straight through, no breaks, no intermission, uh, more than two hours, I think more than two and a half hours. And then... After they concluded, they came back for an encore very quickly and played six more songs. Uh, it was really a, an amazing night. It was fun to watch our kids enjoy that atmosphere. For, for them, it was really the first big concert they'd ever been to. And being a part of that huge crowd, all singing along to so many sa- of those famous songs. And at the end of the regular set, before they came back for the encore songs, the last song of the regular set was very predictable. You probably can guess it if you know Beatles songs. It's Hey Jude. I say it's predictable because it has that end part that allows everyone to sing, you know, the na-na-na-na part. All together, over and over, people singing. And it really was this magical moment with those 50,000 people there in attendance singing along with Paul, with the band, repeating that melody again and again. And it started with just that basic melody. And then Paul's kind of cheering on the crowd to sing along with him. But after singing that line with the band a handful of times, then Paul and the band, they cut out. They stopped playing their instruments. They stopped singing. And then it was only the voices of the crowd, the audience, that were singing out. And there was this silence from no longer hearing the piano or the guitar, the bass, the drums, only the voices singing 
and all this empty space in between those phrases of the na-na-nas. Leaving that space, that emptiness, without any of the musical instruments there and only hearing that multitude of the a cappella voices, it made those voices stand out in a way that was unique to the rest of the night, the rest of the concert. And it made you realize how many people were really singing together in that one stadium. And have you ever noticed how something really does stand out like that when you have less noise involved all around? You know, if it's the daytime and you're in the kitchen making dinner, if, if, if you bang a metal lid down on a pot of water that you have on the stove, it isn't all that noisy when it's combined with the sizzling sound of some chicken that's frying in a pan on another burner. Maybe someone's over at the sink rinsing off some lettuce to make a salad. There might be conversation that's happening there in the kitchen while you're cooking. And all of these noises together, they make the individual noises less distinguishable, less obvious. But if you're up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, you're back in the kitchen at 2 or 3 a.m., you couldn't sleep or something woke you up, and then in the silence of a sleeping house, then you accidentally drop a metal pan on the floor. That clanging noise of it hitting, striking the floor. That sound all of a sudden seems to be the loudest thing you've ever heard. And if other people are sleeping in your home, you're worried that you probably just woke them up because it's so loud in that silence. Things that might not be so loud in the midst of, of other activity going on around us. When we're in those moments of silence, then those not so noticeable sounds can become magnificently loud. Now, the problem is, it seems that we have noise hitting us from all sides more than ever before. There are more ways to watch television, movies, other videos than ever. If you walk into any store or restaurant, there's music always playing overhead. And we have our smartphones that ding or beep, prompting us to go back on our phones again and again and again. Uh, and we kind of have that Pavlovian response. If it dings, if it buzzes, I got to check, I got to look right now. That noise is everywhere. It's hard to escape it, but all of that noise can cut into other things that we might miss. You know, Elijah, the prophet in the Old Testament, there's one point where we read, we see where he's instructed by God to go out on this mountain and wait for God to actually pass by. And while Elijah is waiting there, there's this fierce, terrible wind that comes through first. And the way that the scripture des describes it, it says that the wind is so fierce that it rends the mountains and it crushes the rocks. But God is not in that wind. And then Elijah, he sees all around him happening an earthquake. It rumbles and shakes the earth, but God is not in that magnificent event, that earthquake. Then there's a fire that comes. And have you ever been next to a fire that's really just burning intensely? That fierce fire. There's a reason it's called a roaring fire. If it's intense with lots of fuel, lots of oxygen, that it can burn up, it's loud. It really does roar. But God, when that happens, he's not there in that fire either. But then scripture says, then there is this light silence. In some translations, they'll describe it as a still small voice or a whisper. And that's when Elijah hides his face, because that's where he all of a sudden understands he is in the presence of the Almighty God. 
Today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about how we can make room for that silence in our lives. We want to make sure that we don't miss God speaking to us, especially if he's speaking in that whisper, in that still, small voice. And joining us today to talk about how we can make room for silence in our lives, one of our regular spiritual directors, Father Joseph Ilo. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and he's the pastor at Star of the Sea Parish in San Francisco. And Father Ilo, so glad to have you back here on The Inner Life today. Uh, have you been to any concerts recently, anything uh, that you've been able to do since COVID? Well, good to be with you, Josh, again. Uh, concerts, well... We did have a concert in our church, like a Christmas concert, but I haven't been back to the symphony. I I have a friend who's a harpist with the symphony here in San Francisco. Yeah, he would get me free tickets, but haven't been back. So I'm looking forward to that at some point, perhaps, if God gives us the grace. And I love that word symphony, all the sounds together. And there's a certain silence even in a symphony. What what there's do you a, mean by that? There's an order. That, that silence yeah, there's the an symphony. order. So the symphony is an ordered grouping of sounds that are working together to a common purpose and respectful of each other. So when the when the uh, flute is playing, for example, maybe the violins are silent, or when the timpani is playing, the others are just listening. So the it's I I like to take little binoculars with me and and look at the fingers and the expressions on the faces of the people who are playing and um, seeing how they all look at each they're looking at their scores they're looking at each other listening and speaking when needing to and it symphony is a beautiful Greek word which um, expresses the order of the universe the the God-given order of our of our lives image that you're giving us of the symphony there too, Father, because it's not just that they're listening and everybody is kind of on their own. They have a conductor. They have somebody who is overseeing how all of those parts work together there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the role of God in our lives, you know, that, that we want to look for his leading. And sometimes if we aren't paying attention to <laughs> being able to follow uh, as the conductor is, is leading us where we're supposed to go, we might get out of, out of sync with everybody else. We might find ourselves causing a little bit of a cacophony instead of having everything uh, in beautiful harmony there. That's right. They have a score. All the players in the symphony are following the same word, the same script, and they're guided in that by the one conductor. It's almost a sacrament of the Christian community. We have the Word of God, and we're not inventing the music that we're playing with our lives. We're, we're playing what is given to us, the vocation or the, the work that God has given us to do on this earth before we go to heaven. And we have our conductors, we have our pastors, we have our parents and teachers who are helping us to play that score with excellence and mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah, I like that a lot. Well, so let, let's, you know, as we're talking about silence, just getting right down to the bare bones of it. First of all, why is that silence important for our interior life and for our spiritual growth? Why do we need to make an effort to carve out that time for silence? Well, it's funny, Josh, that we started this segment on silence by talking about a symphony concert. 
so silence in the interior life, the spiritual life, is not always just not saying anything. A lot of a lot of the time, that's true. We have to stop and listen and reflect. But sometimes it is speaking in measured and respectful ways, as we do in the liturgy. We make our responses. But let's talk about actual silence, times where no one is speaking. That is so essential to the Christian life because, as you said, we're inundated with noise, especially with the technologies of the last 40 or 50 years. And so we need times of breathing in and out, of breathing with the Spirit of God in silence. One of the best ways to do that is Eucharistic adoration or, or just sitting silently either in the church or perhaps in a little corner of your house or in a park or even taking a walk without saying anything and listening to the silence all around us. The rosary, the family rosary is another way. It's funny because it's speaking, but it's not speaking on our own, a cacophony. It's speaking the word of God. You know, this, the rosary really is a scriptural utterance. And so the family rosary is one way that families can learn to live in silence by speaking this reverent and rhythmic prayer called the rosary. So those are two ways. The mass, of course, we can talk a bit about that later, but the mass has its times of silence and its times of speaking, which are, uh, as, I, as I say, is are given to us. The liturgy is not invented by us, but given to us by God, the Church, the Holy Spirit. That in itself is a speaking of the Word of God. Speaking the Word of God really is an act of listening, because it's not our word, but it's His word. You, you know, as you're talking about the Mass, too, one of the things that comes to my mind, I've been at different parishes in the past where there will be times where the priest, especially after the homily, that's one of the most noticeable moments where he'll stop, take just a minute or two, and it's not a long pause. I think in our world, I, I, I kind of remember this actually taking my kids to the circus. This was years and years ago. But we're so used to seeing things happen so quickly in what we watch on television, you know, fast cuts and movies. There's no downtime in what we, what we imbibe for media a lot of times. It's always on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And we took our kids to the circus and watching as things were happening in real time without fast cuts and it had to be, well, now you got to get these animals out. Okay, those animals have to go away before we bring out this that's going to go in the center ring. Okay, now it's over on the side ring. And there was this downtime as it transitioned from act to act to act. And I know our kids, it was just a different atmosphere for them where they said, oh, okay, this seems a little pokier than what we're used to. I've also noticed that sometimes at different parishes where I'll walk in and there seems to be this fear of letting silence linger even in the Mass that there will be, let's fill up the space with music, let's at least have some sort of, you know, the piano or the organ or something playing, rather than allow that sacred space just time to breathe. How do we, how do we go about not letting ourselves get so worried of having to fill those moments of silence? Let them breathe, let them just be what they are, and appreciate them for what they are. Mm -hmm. The Mass 
has to have times of silence in the instructions for the Mass, what's called the General Instruction to the Roman Missal. There are indications, and the two most noticeable times would be right after the homily. Hopefully the priest has spoken the Word of God rather than his own word primarily, and so he pauses for a minute or even two minutes sitting down, letting that Word of God sink in. And also after communion, when we've received the word incarnate, to spend a few minutes of silence. I can remember in Rome, Pope Benedict would offer Mass at St. Peter's. I was there one time when he paused after Holy Communion. And you know that St. Peter's is a large church, 5,000 chairs. They have these plastic metal chairs they set up, and they're scraping. There's so many people that are moving fiddling in their chairs, there's kind of a uh, like a whining sound throughout the basilica as those chairs are all scraping. And he sat down after the Holy Communion, and there's this noise, and gradually it faded out, and there was just this wonderful silence in the basilica as we all reflected on what we had just received. Your question, Josh, though, how do we overcome our fear of silence and incorporate that restful silence within our lives. Well, let's first admit that we talk too much. We all talk too much. We talk over each other. Actually, I love this show because we don't talk over each other. There's a kind of a respectful pause after one has spoken. I almost wanted to cut you off right as you said that. Just... I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going in the right direction. But Thank you for not doing that, and I'll try to do that. So one thing is not to interrupt each other. And you know, if you listen to talk show or, or there, people are always talking over each other. So that's one thing in family life with our friends, with our coworkers, not to cut each other off, but to listen. Then if, uh, if we live in a family, as I mentioned, the family rosary is a good way to have silence, but also taking the family to the sacraments. My mother used to take us to confession every two weeks, and we would be in this silent church. It was unlike anything that we had had throughout the week. Even the Mass is pretty much uh, sound, and there's sound generated throughout the Mass. But here we were preparing for our turn to go into the confessional, in this completely silent church with the little winking votive lights, the vague smell of incense, to take our children, to take ourselves to the church when there's no liturgy going on. Another thing is to visit a monastery. We have a monastery here in San Francisco. It's a different world. You work, walk through the doors and there's a, there's a full silence that greets you that breathes over you, you enter into this silence in the monastery. I'm, I think a lot of people have never experienced that. And so maybe take a pilgrimage with your family or yourself to a, to a monastery where there are pros at silence. Mm. Those are well, some ideas. Going back to also your idea of Eucharistic adoration, one of the most stark contrasts that I remember of walking into a chapel, into a, actually it's a basilica, and um, they have had perpetual adoration there since, I forget, it's either 1889 or 1898, mm. and this is the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. It's on top of Montmartre in yeah. Paris, and outside mm -hmm. 
there's this big hillside that you climb up going up to the top of the mountain and there's the basilica right on top but that entire landscape that hillside uh, being there in that Montmartre district it has this kind of bohemian atmosphere and as we were walking up we were part of a pilgrimage group and as we were walking up there's a guy that has his guitar and an amplifier and a microphone and he's just sitting out there and you know it's it's not very loud but it's coming through the speaker and he's singing a, a Bob Marley song and there's other mm. people who have a bucket of Heineken's out there and they've got a big boombox and they're breakdancing I mean probably 50 feet in front of this basilica and it's this big park atmosphere but then once you walk inside the door the juxtaposition of this almost yeah park carnival like atmosphere outside with all these people that are just out enjoying the sun out enjoying the the fresh air and you walk into the basilica where there up on the altar you see the monstrance you see the Eucharist and being able to be in this silent space where it really is it's it's you enter into a deep silence there in the presence of our lord uh it, it really stuck with me um it's just one of those moments where i just said wow to see our lord there adored in the presence of everything that's happening outside of this building uh, it really was amazing our spiritual director today father joseph ilo he's a priest in the archdiocese of san francisco and we're talking about how we can find and make room for silence in our lives how have you been able to create that quiet space in your life how has it helped you in being able to hear what god is saying to you Maybe it's a difficult thing for you to find those moments of silence and you're looking for a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance, and that's why our spiritual director is here. 888-914-9149 is our studio line. 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we'll continue our conversation with Father Ilo here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Joseph Ilo, a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. He's pastor at Star of the Sea Parish there in San Francisco. And today talking about silence. And uh, Nick, our producer, he uh, whispered to me right, right as we were coming back into this segment, he said, oh, we should have started without music because we're talking about silence. But, uh, no, we, we are going to still continue talking here, but also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, Is it difficult for you to find that silent space, that silent, that quiet time in your life? 
How have you been able to accomplish that? And how has it helped you grow in your relationship with Christ? We'd love to hear how that's occurred in your life. 888-914-9149. And Father, as we continue our conversation here, when we do, you know, if we're able to find that quiet space, that silence in our lives, at that point then, what should be happening? You know, should, is, it, is it always that we're meditating upon something? Should we reflect on uh, Jesus, his love for us, different points in our Lord's life, like when we pray the rosary? Um, it, it, what's kind of the, the range of different things that should be happening when we do find that silent moment that we can spend just in, in, in being with God? That's a good question, Josh. I was thinking the way Nick said, just turn off the music. We, I suppose we could just be silent for the next half hour until... Father Rocky starts Mass. But no, we'll keep talking. And what do we do when we have found a little time of silence? Well, it's hard to be silent if we're not used to it. It's an, it's an art and a science. We have to work up to it. And the scriptures is uh, the word that we want to bring into silence with us. Because as I mentioned before, silence isn't only, it's not the lack of sound, but it's the sound of God. And so the Word of God, especially the Psalms, are a good thing to bring into, say, if we're doing a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament, or in the morning we want to spend a little time before the day gets going in silence, we, we could do it with the Bible. Go through the Psalms, the Liturgy of the Hours has the Psalms all parsed out, in uh, order for us, if you, you could do that. But there's two steps in silent prayer. Well, the first is meditation on a text, meditative prayer or mental prayer, where you apply your mind, your imagination, your intellect to a text, a biblical text, most often. And staying with that, uh, maybe even just a verse or a few verses, we hope to then get into the second stage of quiet prayer, which is contemplation, where we, my spiritual director in the seminary said, turn the motor off. You're running all the time, you're thinking, just rest in the presence of God. It's not meditation, it's not really thinking about a text so much as letting God speak in the silence of the heart. And so to have that goal of resting in God's presence, in his word, the goal of contemplation, should direct all of our, it orients and focuses our times of silent prayer to its end, which is union with God. Those are some general principles. It's Everybody has to find their way to that contemplation in their own way. But as I say, we start with the Bible, a text, and meditation, and then work our way towards contemplation, which is always itself a gift of God. We just well, need to be open to that gift. And as you're talking about that, I mean, where you're saying, okay, just shut off and be in that presence of God, that one story that I think really helped me was hearing St. John Vianney. He talked about seeing this man come into church day after day, and this man would just come in and sit there in the back of the church, one of the pews back there, and just sat there. And the way that 
St. John Vianney talks about it, he appears to just do nothing, sometimes sitting there for two or three hours, and he'd come in on his way to work and come in on his way back home from work. And after seeing this for several days, St. John Vianney, he finally approached the man and said, hey, what are you doing? What, what, what do you do sitting back here in the back of the church? And the man just pointed up to the Blessed Sacrament and said simply, I look at him and he looks at me. And hearing that, just being okay to sit there and gaze upon Christ in the Eucharist, it made it sound, you know, this, this is achievable, this is simple, this isn't something that's going, you know, obviously there's work involved in, in growing in the spiritual life, but it doesn't have to be difficult. We can start someplace simple and just be happy to be there in the presence of Christ. Those visits to the Blessed Sacrament are so important to have regular, spontaneous, frequent visits to the Blessed Sacrament just for five minutes, three minutes. You see an open church with a tabernacle. Our church is open to one of the busiest boulevards in San Francisco, Geary Boulevard. And I see people walk, actually from my office right now, I can look down at the front of the church and see people passing by on the sidewalk. They, they, they see the tabernacle through the glass doors and they'll often make the sign of the cross. Some people bow. There's a lot of people, of course, don't know what they're, there's no recognition, but some go inside. And they say, you know, I'm going back from work. I'm going to spend two or three minutes just sitting. And we don't have to do anything. We don't have to say anything. We can just listen. Just be in the pre So if you have the opportunity to do that, if there is an open church with the tabernacle, make the effort. Just it's, it's five minutes out of your day just to go and sit for two or three minutes in silence before the Blessed Sacrament. Worth your time. Absolutely. Um, let's also talk about when we get to those times, whether it is in Eucharistic adoration, whether it's in our own home, uh, wherever we are able to find that time for silence, where we can engage in that meditative prayer that you spoke about or the contemplative prayer that you spoke about. Let's talk about distractions, because distractions, uh, they can obviously come in all forms, but kind of the two basic categories are going to be it's somebody or something that is coming in and distracting you from the outside, or there's going to be that distraction that comes from the inside in our own minds, in our own brains. And that's probably the one that I struggle with more than the outside. I can find those times for silence where I can kind of sequester myself. Most of the time, it's just I just wake up earlier before anybody else. And that's the easiest way for me to do that in my life. But when I am there in that quiet moment, I so regularly can find my mind just wandering to the things that are coming up for that day or thinking about, okay, oh, I need to pick that up from the store or, oh, what's the weather going to be like this weekend? I mean, my mind just, it's so easy to find it wandering and then I have to stop and kind of start over and get myself back on track. Do you have any advice on how we can minimize those distractions? Well, first to realize that prayer is work and it's a battle. It's described by the Catechism of the Catholic Church Part 4 as a battle, the battle for prayer. So we can expect distractions. Now, how do we deal with them is your question. I was doing my holy hour yesterday in our church, and about 10 minutes in, 
three or four people came in from the street and just started talking. That's a big church. I, I really couldn't hear what they were saying, but it was really irritating. And I was thinking, should I go up and tell them, you know, this is a place of prayer? And I went on for about 10, 15 minutes, and it was a battle. And I, I just did stay with that. They weren't overly loud. So the distractions from outside, we have to exercise patience, and um, sometimes we can't be at rest. It's, it's, that's the battle to mention. But the ones from the inside, distractions from the inside, that's harder because as quiet as you can get, and sometimes the quieter it is, the more you are distracted by anxieties that well up or uh, just concerns, as you say, what are we eating for dinner? How, how, uh, do I have my plane ticket for the next trip? Do I need a COVID test? All these kinds of things we start thinking about. Two practical suggestions. One, keep a little pad of paper with your prayer book, your Bible, whatever you bring in, and a pen, and jot things down so you can forget about them. If things need to be dealt with and you're afraid you will, as I get older, I, I think of things and then I forget them. So I have a little pad of paper in my brevier and a pen. And the other practical suggestion is indeed to take some text in with you that can focus you. So if you, your mind starts to wander, you can come back to your Bible verse or your Bible uh, chapter and read it again or read a little bit more. St. Teresa of Avila, the great Spanish mystic, said that she didn't dare go into the chapel for, the, for 11 years without a Bible. She would just be, and she was quite an intelligent and energetic woman, so not unusually she would be also the foundress of, of dozens of monasteries. But she would never go in without, now she did reach a point in her life where she didn't need the text, but it, she said it took 11 years. So for the rest of us, that's probably our whole life. Just or or bring double in, that at least bring, 22 yeah. years. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. Well, okay, so another question for you here. As you're talking about these practical suggestions, uh, I mentioned St. John Vianney a minute ago. You've mentioned St. Teresa of Avila. Are there other saints that you might recommend or anybody else who has written on how we can enter in? If, if there's, Because as is the case with most of the programs that we have here on The Inner Life, we really just kind of scratch the surface of these topics, and there's so much more we could go into. But any recommended reading or you know, continuing kind of our education on the importance of silence, on how we can enter into that silence? Well, I'd recommend two sources. One is Mother Teresa, and she's, I, she's written a lot about silence, and they would pray in silence a lot in the Missionaries of Charity, they do. Let me just read something from a book called Love, a Fruit Always in Season. It's meditations from Mother Teresa's writings for every day of the year. And there's a chapter on silence. It is very hard to pray if one does not know how. We must help ourselves to learn. The most important thing is silence. Souls of prayer are souls of deep silence. We cannot place ourselves directly in God's presence without imposing upon ourselves interior and exterior silence. Silence gives us a new outlook on everything. We need silence to be able to touch souls. Jesus is always waiting for us in the silence. God is the friend of silence. In the silence of the heart, God speaks. And she writes a lot more about silence. 
So she was a kind of an expert in silence. Another person, I'd recommend the book by Cardinal Robert Seurat, The Power of Silence. It's, an, it's a really remarkable book published about five years ago that was inspired by his visit to a monastery to a monk that was dying, a young monk in France. And he spent some time there learning how to pray in deep monastic silence, even though he's an active diocesan priest. He's a, he's a cardinal of the church, a member of the Curia. So just a, I'll, I'll mention something from his book, The Power of Silence by Cardinal Robert Seurat. Too few Christians today are willing to go back inside themselves so as to look at themselves and to let God look at them. I insist, too few are willing to confront God in silence. But who will help man to be quiet? His mobile phone is constantly ringing. His fingers and mind are always busy sending messages. Developing a taste for prayer is probably the first and foremost battle of our age. So that's a good book. I would just mention one other practical thing. He mentioned cell phones. So I suggest we all turn the notifications on our text messaging off. I hear little pings and rings all the time. I always keep mine off. And I think it helps us to, to, to have a quiet phone. We don't need those notifications. And there's many other, uh, you know, I got a Facebook posting or somebody's left a voice message from me. We don't need to know all those things all the time. So manage, managing our phones is a big part of silence as well. Well, let's pick up on that in just a moment here, Father, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. And I want to go back to what you said also that Mother Teresa spoke about, uh, finding that interior and exterior silence there. Um, uh, want to take a moment and tell anybody who's listening right now, if you have not heard us talk about this, we have a book that we're offering absolutely free. It's called Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. Father Rocky, our executive director here at Relevant Radio, he wrote this book, and it really has some good concrete advice about what can and should be discussed before getting married, but also what you can do in incorporating a lot of these different uh, practices or rules into your marriage if you're if you've been married for 10 20 30 40 years um and the basic premise is that father rocky he ended up saying you know i've looked at i've done so much marriage prep with people i've done so much marriage counseling i also got to watch my own parents in their marriage and these are the 12 main things that i've seen that if somebody does this you know if you do if you live all 12 it's almost guaranteed you're going to stick together you know, till death do you part. If you can do 11 of the 12, you still got a really, really good shot. If you start whittling away those things, that's where some more of the problems might come into the marriage. So again, the book is absolutely free. You don't even have to pay for shipping. All you have to do is just go and register for it at relevantradio.com or on the mobile app, the Relevant Radio mobile app, and you'll see a banner there on either our website or on the app. Just click on that. You can put your name in, you can put in your email address and your mailing address, and we'll send it out to you here just in a few weeks. Uh, please make sure just one per household. Uh, don't don't ask for four or five for your kids. Um, just one per household. If you want your kids to get it, have them to register for their own. But again, 
at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And uh, we'll continue our conversation about silence coming up here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Joseph Ilo, a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, today talking about making room for silence, how we can encounter God in those silent moments that uh, we find in our life, and how have you been able to create that quiet space in your life? How has it helped you to hear what God is saying to you? And maybe it's really difficult for you to find that time for silence. And you're looking for some advice. That's why Father Ilo is here. And our studio lines are open for your call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, right before the break, we were talking about, um, you were reading from a little bit from Cardinal Robert Seurat. You also read a little bit from St. Mother Teresa. And as you were talking about that, a lot of different things that came to mind here. Um, one... Mother Teresa, she had a comment there about we have to find that time for interior and exterior silence. And there's one woman that I know specifically, and I haven't spoken with her in a long time. It's been a couple of years, but I I know she does not like to be alone. She doesn't like those silent moments. She always wants something, some sort of noise in the background. And I think part of that is because she struggles with depression so I think she wants some distraction. She doesn't want to be alone in the quiet. She's maybe afraid to be there just alone with her own thoughts. And that's, I, I have a lot of sympathy for that because that's a very difficult situation right there. So do you have any advice for someone who struggles maybe with depression and hmm. that thought of being silent, being alone is maybe a little overwhelming? It is hard to be silent if we're not used to it. Myself, I on Fridays, I go completely media fast, and it's hard for me because I, when I'm washing up in the morning, doing my stretches and such, I listen to a podcast usually, and they're usually um, religious authors or things uh, from relevant radio perhaps. But um, on Friday, I just go completely uh, silent and it's always a little bit of a jolt. It takes me a while to get used to the silence. But one bridge from noise to the fullness of silence is listening to inspiring speech. So what your friend might do is get on one of the Catholic sites. Relevant Radio itself has a lot of options. Form.org is a really good resource. If And there's radio dramas, there's um, dramatic readings of scripture, readings of the saints or documentaries. So use that instead of secular media. And then 
plan a time even you know for for one hour just have nothing on or for even half an hour and work your way into that silence because when when I do a silent retreat the first day is hard but by the second day I'm just loving it and then when I during Lent I do a media fast for 40 days and after Easter I, I still don't turn on the radio on the car for a few weeks afterwards I, it so it, it is beautiful to get there and we have to overcome that fear of silence because it is in the silence that God speaks to us. Right. Not not having that silence is keeping the voice of God away from us. Mm. Well, so fill fill the space with good things first of all, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, if you're if you're just listening to any old thing, looking for those good things, but then those small steps towards silence doesn't have to be five days of silence all in a row. Just take that, that half mm-hmm. hour or that hour there. Okay, good. Uh, Father, mm-hmm. let's go to the phones. We've got Regina, who's calling us from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Regina. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be able to share my experience. I, I am in silence, in adoration, with total um, awe. And I feel as if my experience with having the first child in your arms, you are totally blown away. You are gazing in that child in awe and thanksgiving, and there is nothing that you can say to experience that feeling but silence. Silence and that is what I feel when I'm there in adoration, is I gaze on the Holy, Holy, Holy One, and I don't have anything to say, but just have that experience of awe and listening. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Regina. It's interesting, the mother's perspective, that I've never thought of adoration as holding the child Jesus in our arms like Our Lady and just looking at him in silence. That's very beautiful. Yeah, thanks for the call, Regina. And uh, Father, you know, another thing that comes to mind here as I'm thinking about trying to carve out that silence in our everyday schedules, especially as Regina's talking about that mother's perspective. If you're a parent, and right now, especially for my older teenagers and 20-something children who, uh, this last year and a half, going through COVID, they've really been sequestered apart from any of their friends. You know, there's been some loosening up of that over the last several months, and now there's a little worry, uh uh-oh, are we headed back into that? But the primary way you talked about, you know, shut off the cell phone, shut off the notifications, that's the only way they're really staying in touch with their friends. So if I'm a parent right now and I'm listening to this and saying, okay, I want to encourage my children to have those times, those moments for silence, but I also understand that that is the primary way that they're staying connected with their friends. Uh, what, what might you recommend for a parent that they can approach that topic, that they can have that conversation with their, their teen or their 20-something and encourage them to take those times for silence, but also find a good balance maybe with their kid on, on how you know, they, 
they don't just completely shut off all outside contact. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the first point to be made is that the the connectedness through a screen is is superficial, right. to, and it's it's not bad, but it's only a fraction of the experience of a real person, the full experience. So I think too easily we isolate ourselves, and COVID has moved us in that direction necessarily to some degree, but I think we don't critically evaluate, well, how how can I be actually with other people in a safe manner? And we just tend to take the easier way out, which is to do FaceTime or Zoom or something. So I think to challenge our own laziness there and be actually with each other as much as possible. Now, when that's not possible, Zoom calls, for, we do, my family, my, we're spread out all over the country, six siblings, and we do a Zoom every three months, and it's really wonderful. But um, we have to manage our phones instead of letting our phones manage us. So we have to know when and how much we use technology rather than real presence. Uh, people tell me that, in my own parish, oh, I, I don't go to Mass anymore. I mean, I just watch Mass on TV or through the computer. And they might go to the grocery store every other day and, and go to the senior center, but they won't come to the church. So I think we have to um, be judicious, be, be intelligent, be critical, think critically and independently about uh, accepting technology all the time as a substitute for real encounters, real relationships. Well, and... It is easy. It's always easy to just sit there and be on a screen. And but um, yeah, you know, I, I kind of go there back. Was, <laughs> go ahead. Well, Father. there was a movie. Wa- there's a sorry for interrupting, talking over you. There's a movie Wall-E that it's really an amazing movie. Came out a couple of years ago where everybody is on these motorized wheelchairs and they're all looking at screens all the time. And it's a commentary on our culture that it's it's and there's and the the hero of course broke out of that paralysis that laziness we have to constantly struggle to overcome the laziness of a tech, technology driven culture right well and that's you know what you said before prayer is work you know that it's a battle that it's going to take that mm. effort that that's where my mind was going back to uh, father mm. we're at the very end of the hour here could i ask you in our last 30 seconds to offer all of our listeners a blessing May the blessing of Almighty God through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and St. Joseph, her spouse, descend upon all of you and remain forever in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Joseph Ilo, thank you so much for being on the program today, talking with us about silence. If you've been listening and you missed part of the earlier portion of the program, of course, go back and listen to the podcast. The full hour will be available this afternoon at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And I want to encourage you also, if you're there, click on that banner for Father Rocky's book, Marriage Insurance. Sign up. It's absolutely free. And we'll send it your way here in just a few weeks. Um, you won't even have to pay for shipping. Again, Marriage Insurance. Sign up for it at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Uh, make sure to join us tomorrow. Father Sam Martin, we're going to be talking about how we can make our employment make our work holy. And of course, coming up here in just a few seconds, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Edward Looney is our celebrant. Have a great day.